Welcome to the teaching ministry of Jubilee Church International. Jubilee is devoted to making disciples, winning the lost to Christ, building strong families, and taking the gospel to the nations. Open your Bibles and join us as the presence of the Holy Spirit helps us to grow a little deeper. The reason we did that little illustration is because that is part of discipleship. Discipleship is not I learn it, then I go experience. Discipleship is I experience, now I want to learn from it. And see, often in the body of Christ, this is where God's leading us. Often in the body of Christ, uh, the discipleship model has been this. Come and sit in my class and I will teach you about discipleship. But that was not the model Jesus used. And you're going to hear this again and again and again because this, this is the new culture we're about to begin in, in Jubilee. It's going to be a culture of true biblical Talmudim. Where you experience what God wants, what He commanded, and then we'll learn it. We'll learn from it and we'll grow on it and we'll build on it because that is the essence of building on a solid foundation. See, building a solid foundation isn't just building, having knowledge. I can have all the knowledge of how to build a house. But if I go out there and start building trusses and putting up walls without having a solid foundation and I build it backwards... And that's ultimately what the church has done. We have been building backwards. Because that's the way we were taught to do it. You sit in church on Sunday and you hear a sermon. And maybe you take some notes and maybe you learn something. And maybe, just maybe, if if I preach a good enough message... That, that you caught a little glimpse of something that maybe was kind of an aha thing. And you, oh, okay. And maybe you go experience it in your life. Maybe you don't. But we want to build on a solid foundation. And through this series, we have talked about all different Multiple different aspects of building a solid foundation. There are foundational doctrines. There are foundational theological principles. There are foundational biblical values and ethical precepts to the Christian faith. In fact, the hope of Christ is essential to building a solid foundation in Christ. But all of these are founded in a most essential element to anyone professing to be a follower of Jesus Christ. There is an element to the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's not and it goes all the way back to genesis and if you don't build on this as the essence of your entire foundation everything else you build liable to fall apart because this is what holds it all together you see that dollar bill 
You might have exchanged a ten or a hundred or whatever. If somebody gave a hundred or somebody gave you a dollar bill or you gave a dollar and somebody gave you a hundred, it doesn't matter. That, that is really worth nothing compared to that little cross. Now, I'm not talking about that little piece of wood that I got at Hobby Lobby, 60 to a bag for $2.99. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what that right there represents. Often we perceive that, re- that represents death. Oh, that's the cross. That's what Jesus died on. No, 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 no. You understand? That means that's love. When I see that cross, I see love. I see the foundation of my entire faith. I see the motivation of which I prophesy. I see the very motivation of of the essence of my faith when I pray for the sick. It's because I love them. If I pray for the sick because I want to see a miracle, I don't love them. Let's be honest. If I pray for the sick because I want to see a miracle, because it might help my ministry. It might give me a reputation. Others might invite me to come preach in their church because he's got a healing ministry. Oh, if prophecies are accurate. Oh, he prophesies in such detail like I've never seen. Yeah, but does he love them? Does he love them? That's the foundation. That's the essence of it all. See, each of you were given a wooden cross. And I had you look at each other and say, you love them. How do you love somebody you don't even know? Now, some of you might know each other, but you really don't know each other. Because your lives have not been assimilated one with the other. You know, I remember when my dad years ago broke his neck. Six places, fell and broke his neck, was in the hospital, tubes all in him, everything. And I remember something he said that stuck with me. He said there was all kinds, and I remember there were, and we had to keep some people out of his room. Because there were those who wanted to come in there with tambourines and shake it on. There were those who wanted to come in there and, and, and do all kinds of goofy spiritual stuff. And there were those who wanted to come in there and, and pray for his sin because this was, this was God did this to him because there was sin. All kinds of ignorant stuff. And dad says something to me. He says, son, the only ones I want to come in and pray for me are those that I know love me. Amen. There you go. There's wisdom right there. And I remembered that when I was in the hospital, having my heart, recovering from my heart surgery. I wanted those praying over me that I knew loved me. If you will, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
the foundation. You can have all the theological principles down. You can have all the, you can have great high ethical precepts. You can have all the doctrine and the theology and the knowledge. But if you don't have this, you don't have the foundation of Christ. If I speak in the tongues of men, if I speak with the tongues of angels, Shadabakanda, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers, and I understand all mysteries. I can speak Hebrew. I can break it down. I can. I have nice diagrams. I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith. Oh man, I got the faith of a mustard seed. I can make miracles happen. I can move mountains. My faith is great. I mean, I've, I've healed the blind, raised the dead, whatever. That's what he says. So it's to move mountains, but I have not love. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I mean, I've got a great ministry website. Have you seen my website? But I don't have love. I mean, I've got a great ministry circuit going all around the country. They're just, I mean, my name's known from coast to coast. It's not. I'm just, this is all high, hyperbole, you understand. Amen. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I know it. Nobody knows who you are. That's okay. Jesus made of himself no reputation and they still crucified him. He had all kinds of ministry reputation, but he have not. You can have greatest gifts and talents. You can shred a guitar, tear up some drums, but if you don't love, have an awesome worship team, but if they don't love, if they don't love the people, if they don't love the people that they're leading in worship. You just got great musicians. Why do we worship? Because we love. Why do I preach? Because I love. You can't love God's people. You can't be a prophet and not love God's people. You can't be an evangelist. Oh my God. Can you imagine an evangelist that doesn't even like people? You missed your calling, brother. Go work in a donut shop or something. If I give away all I have, I'm extremely benevolent, charitable. If I deliver up my body to be burned, even if I become a martyr, but I have not love. Oh, I'd hate to think that I have, was a self-appointed martyr. 
Oh, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of Christians that are martyrs in their workplace. They li- and they call themselves martyrs. Well, they're coming against me because I'm a Christian. No, they're coming against you because you're a jerk. You're annoying. He's a, you're a super spiritual religious nutcase. That's why they're persecuting you. Because if you were really showing Jesus, they'd be coming to you going, help me. My life's a mess. You got something I want. You know why? Because you got religion, but you don't have love. Love is patient. Well, we've lost that. We live in a culture of instant gratification. There's got to be an app for it. And if there's not an app for it, if I can't get it on Amazon Prime and have it here in two days... We want it now. We want it at the drive-thru. We want it immediately. We want instant gratification. And when we can't get it instant gratification, if we don't get on Facebook and immediately somebody, I post something and I want 15 likes in 5 seconds. I posted it 5 seconds ago and 5 seconds later I'm going back looking see how many likes I got. Why? Because it, there's some gratification I'm getting from that some sense of affirmation that my life is missing. Love is patient and it's kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own, own way. You know what I'm describing here? You know what Paul's describing? He's describing our culture today. I'm not talking about those non-Christian folk. I'm talking about right here in the church. It's not irritable. Well, you just, that's just, you just got to understand, deal with, you know, all I'm dealing with. Oh, no, no, no. You don't understand. Listen to the love he's describing. Not the love you defined as Christ. Listen to the love that he is describing. It is not irritable. No matter what you're going through. No matter what your emotions. No matter what you're dealing with. This love is not irritable. It is not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. What is all in the Hebrew? All. This is all. You see, this is foundation. Love never ends. It never ends. 
As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. I've heard this preached in all kinds of ways about prophecies and this. and and and. But folks, in context, he's talking about love. He hasn't changed the context of what he's talking about. He's talking about love. Let's not change the context and make it a prophetic class. Let's stick to the foundation. It's about love. They will pass away as for tongues. They will cease. Because of what he said. He says love never ends. As for knowledge it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes. What's he talking about the perfect? Love. Love. What love? This love. This love has a name. His name is Jesus. This love was defined on a place called Calvary. This love bled. I mean bled. When this perfect love comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I was irritable like a child. I was self-centered. I wanted my own way. I was rude. I was prideful in my childishness. The arrogance. Just what he's just talked about up here. I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Mine. Well, they did this to me. Well, that's not fair. I reasoned like a child. When I became, how many of you, how many of you, when you got, when you were a child and you got corrected, you went and sulked, pouted. So why, let me tell you something, just a little parenting note. Don't let your children sulk and pout. As soon as you discipline them, make them love again. Make them get over it and choose to love again. You're not going to run off to your room and pout. You're going to come back and be a part of the family. And you're going to love again. No, you're going to love. You're going to get over that attitude quickly. Drop the attitude. Move on with the relationship. Drop the attitude. Move on with the relationship. That's love. This is the love he's talking about. And see, we don't teach our children that way, do we? And then we wonder, wonder why our children grow and can't, don't know how to have functional relationship. I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. What kind of man is he talking about? He's talking about a, a man of God. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. In other words, when you truly encounter this love, it changes you. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. It's talking about God knows my heart. God fully knows me. So now faith... Hope and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these, the most foundational, 
of all of these, of any spiritual thing you can learn, any scriptural thing you can learn, you can learn the Torah, the Tanakh, the Mishrash, the Midrash, the Mishnah, the Talmud, the this, the that. You can learn all kinds of knowledge. You can learn prophecy and kingdom and all kinds of wonderful things. But you don't know love. You don't have a foundation for any of it. You've built walls and a roof and you've built it all on nothing. Except your own humanism. See, it's the love of Christ that takes all my knowledge and all my spiritual gifts and everything. It's the love of Christ that takes it all and makes it not about me. It's what takes it all and separates it from my own humanism. And how does it do that? It does it by the way of death. Dying to me. So it doesn't matter if you gave a dollar or a hundred. Neither of them or anything in between compares to that cross. Not that little wooden object, but the love of God as defined by that symbol of ultimate selfless sacrifice. The cross may be a mere object of jewelry or decor to some people. But to understand, to embrace, and to assimilate the message of the cross into your entire life is to be transformed by the one who died upon it for the remission of your sin and the redemption of your eternal soul. And here's the key. Understand that the cross is not just any love. Oh, there's all kinds of love. I'm not talking about, it's, it's not the love you have for your favorite food. I love gummy bears. It's not that kind of love. It's not a nice, squishy, multi-flavored kind of love. Because, you know, even them, they come in different brands. I've kind of become a, 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 a gummy bear snob. You know, there's certain brands I just don't care for. You know, I want the good stuff. And then one day my mom brought me some gourmet gummy bears. Oh my goodness. Didn't even have to work to chew them. They just, oh wow, they were nice. Then she brought me some, some sour gummy bears. I was like, no, I'm not, no. The boys ate those. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> You see, it's not that kind of love. That's not what we're talking about. It's not a love for your favorite food or television show. It's not the love you have for your pet. Or even yourself. It's not the love that Hallmark shows you. Hallmark, you know, Hallmark, it's got all kinds of different love. It's... Well, this is the love that is the strength of a marriage. Greater than the love of a parent. It is to be the bond and the motivation for brothers and sisters in Christ. As well as that which compels you 
to share this same love with those who are bound in darkness. Without this love, you have no hope. Without this love, you have no faith. Without this love, the foundation of your hope, it's the foundation of your hope for salvation. It's the foundation of your hope of redemption. Your belief in who Christ is and what He did is vain and unfounded without this love. You can be benevolent, charitable, gifted, anointed. You can have a great ministry and practice many spiritual things. You can be very moral and even have strong convictions, personal values, but without this love. This love. You have nothing. I'm not referring to whatever love you've defined and called it again as a Christian. Oh yes, brother, I love you. Here's my dollar, here's my cross. I don't know you, but I love you. <laughs> well... I appreciate the lip service. You gave me a dollar and a cross today, but if I ask you to do something difficult and inconvenient for me tomorrow that would really help my family, help me, could you be there? I don't know you. (laughs) I just gave you that dollar and cross because Pastor made us do it. (laughs) You know, that was just a demonstration. He didn't really expect me to really love you. Oh, okay. This love that died to self to the point that it bled, it forgave. This love that felt the pain. The stakes being driven through its hands and feet with a hammer. This love that felt the offense of those that it had healed for all, from all kinds of diseases. This love had raised their children from the dead. This love felt their hateful words gnashing, wanting and wishing that this love would experience the most painful, brutal suffering and death. This love must be the foundation of your faith. To know this love is to know Christ. In fact, you cannot even say that you know Christ, yet not live this love to its fullest. This love overcomes your offenses. This love overcomes your fears. This love forgives This love restores. This love truly loves in the face and in spite of hurt, pain, sorrow, and regret. It's not motivated or given by your ideas of justice, fairness, vengeance, or apology. You know, if they just come apologize to me, I could love them. No? No? 
It's not the way it works. This love is based on God's idea. The idea that while you hated him, you didn't even know him, you rejected him and lived a sinful life in total opposition to this great love. Yet he extended this love to you anyway. So I asked the other day, I was talking to Angie and we were driving along and Christmas shopping and I said, wow, you know, all this whole series we've talked about foundation, foundational principles of the faith, of the Christian faith. We've gone back to Hebrews. We've gone back to Genesis. We've, we've really laid some solid foundation. But, but if I were to wrap it and sum it all up, what is the greatest of all in Scripture? From Genesis to Revelation, what is the essence of the foundation of the gospel? It's love. And we're always seeking, I see it, conferences I go to, we're seeking prophetic words. We're seeking great revelation, great one-liners. Oh, that was deep. Put that on Facebook. Oh, that's wonderful, but lots of memes and quotes on Facebook, but you haven't got any love. You don't truly understand love. I think that the church, if we truly ever grabbed hold of this love, I don't think we have yet. And we got close. We kind of got an idea. If you say you love Christ, but cannot love another, you have not loved Christ. If you say you loved me once, but no longer, then you have never loved me with the love of Christ. Before you can say you love me, you must first know and live the love of Christ. Before I can teach my children true love, I must first demonstrate to them the love of Christ. Otherwise, the love that I give them as a parent is less than that which God has given me. You understand that? I don't show my children at home when I'm back-mouthing and gossiping the preacher or so-and-so at church or I'm talking about their problems and, and, and I, I, I pretend my children are too ignorant to understand the adult converse, church conversation we're having. Yeah. yeah. Love. You're not teaching. Oh no, I love my children. No, you don't. You you don't. You're not loving them with the love. You love them with parental love. But parental love is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the love of Christ. So when you pull up to the red light and your child says, "There's another one of the people." Holding a cardboard sign. They need to get a job. Where did you hear that from? Well, I heard it from you, Daddy. Oh. 
No, son, we have to love them. We have to love them. Never forget when I was a child. My daddy bought me my one and only, well, it wasn't my only, it was my first piece of sporting equipment. A baseball bat. (laughs) He didn't teach me how to play baseball. He took me out there in the yard with that brand new baseball bat and we went to a tree and he said, son, now when you hit people, hit them in the knees. Hit them in the ribs. Don't hit them in the head, son. You kill them. But if you hit them in the ribs or hit them in the knees, that take care of business, son. And that's what you do with that bat. And then one day, we had some boys in the neighborhood. They were rough boys. A bunch of brothers who filled socks full of rocks and beat each other with them for fun. Daddy would sit on the porch and they'd run across and he'd whack at them and they'd whack each other. They'd actually get out there and shoot at each other with pellet guns. And one day, they got me. And I went in that house and I got that baseball bat. And here I come. I was mad. And Dad, Dad had gotten saved. And he was sitting on the couch studying his Bible. He said, son, where are you going with that bat? I said, I'm going to kill him. I'll get him. I'll just hit him in the knees, daddy. He said, oh, no, no, no. Come here, son. Come here. I got to undo. You got love. Yeah, I love him, son. Boy, I'm glad he caught me and taught me that when I was six. Instead of waiting until I was 16. Because when I got 16, there were some hard times. Loving folks. Loving the church. There was a time I hated Christians. I hated them. Because they wounded my parents. Dad and mom had started a church. We went without groceries for a week to save up money to buy some chairs. And yet dad still had to travel to go preach to come make ends meet so that we could eat. Only to come back and, and, and discover that, that the people had gotten together, a handful of folks decided that he didn't need to be the pastor anymore. One of them needed to be the pastor. Oh, I was mad. I was mad. I was the church drummer. 16 years old. Had a key to the building. Went and got my football buddies. We went down there and vandalized the place. Tore it up. I was too ignorant to know. It was going to be pretty obvious who did it. (laughs) That's just like anger though, isn't it? I never forget that night when they knocked on the house door and the guy who had taken over the church came and told my father what had happened. I never forget my father saying, Son, you didn't hurt them. You hurt me. 
and I gave it to him. God told me I wasn't supposed to be there anyway. So I didn't understand that. So I said, we went to another church and I sat in that church full of hate. I'll never forget, there was a red-headed guy at Evangel who came to me and said, Son, you can't keep hating Christians. You got a calling. Name was Buster Witt. <laughs> without this love, without this love, you're nothing. Your faith is nothing. Your Christianity is just vain, it's worthless, it's self centered. Without this love, you can prophesy and do all kinds of things, but it's all about you. The moment you try to build Christianity or form any kind of Christ void of this selfless, sacrificial love, you've redefined Christ, Christianity. Yeah, I had to go fix everything. <laughs> you know, God will make you do that too. You know how many times God's made me go repent to people that wronged me? That wronged me. To go look them in the eye and say, I love you anyway. Because you can't fulfill your destiny until you learn this love. You would never, you can be, you'll never be the prophet, the evangelist, you'll never be the worship leader, you'll never be the, 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 the leader at all that God has called you to be until you understand and embrace and assimilate this love in your life. And I'm going to tell you, Christ will test it. He'll come test which is stronger, your pride or your love. Let God bring some accountability into your life. Let Christ come and, and send a leader, somebody to put his finger on some iniquity or something in your life. Some area you need to grow a little bit in. Some childishness. Some in, let God come and, and look at you face to face and say, get thee behind me. Let's see your love. Before I can teach it, I got to live it. Or I'm trying to teach something I've never experienced. And that's what many times in the body of Christ we do. We're teaching something we've truly never experienced ourselves. We speak of love, but without the fulfillment of the perfect love of Christ, spoken of by the prophets, and having come face to face with it at the cross, you will never become the disciple that He gave His life for. You will never change your childish thinking. You'll never change your childish ways and embrace who He is. You may learn and you may know many things about Christ. 
but you will never be like Christ. See, that's the idea. Christ didn't just come and say, learn of me. He said, he did say, he said, learn of me. But he said, now live like me. I didn't just come to teach you. I came to make you. And it's not enough to just know about Christ. It's not enough to even just say you know Christ. You must love as He loved. In order to be who He is. Like He is. To be as Christ. So just as Paul concluded in Corinthians. So now faith. Oh, lots of talk about faith. Lots of sermons about faith. Hope. Oh, we all need hope. We could preach about hope and encourage you and motivate you and well, get you pumped up and feeling good for a little while. But what you really got to know is this love. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these the most essential, the most foundational is love. Amen. This love. Not, not your form of Christian love. This love. Amen? Stand with me if you will. Hallelujah. Oh God, that we would know this love. So that if I look at my brother or sister and say, I love you. That what's in my mind, my concept of that love is more than phileo. More than brotherly love. That I can love with the same love, not just the love that I, like I love my children or Love like I love the homeless person or love like I love my, my relatives or maybe even love like I love my spouse. But no, Lord, a greater love that we may truly embrace and live in a love that is so powerful. When I look at my brother and sister in Christ, I can truly say, when I say to them, I love you that they and I have the same idea in mind that cross that even if they wronged me tomorrow I still love them if they walked out of my life tomorrow I can still love them 
If I found out they were gossiping about me, I can still love them. I can still stand in the sanctuary and look across the other side of the room and still love them. Even if they said, they looked me in the face and said hateful words, I can still look them in the eye and love them. I'll never forget that movie, Cross and the Switchblade. When Nikki Cruz comes to David Wilkerson and puts him up against the wall and holds a, a switchblade to his throat and says, Man, don't you know, preacher, I could cut you and you would, I could cut you up into a thousand pieces. And his response was, yeah, you could, son. And every piece would say, I love you. That's the love I'm talking about. That's the love I'm talking about. God's about to do something amazing with this with Jubilee. And if we grow to 500 or 5,000... Or if we go back to, if we're just 50, I don't care. If we, if we have this right here, we're going to be all right. If the offerings go down, we have this love. We're building on this. We're going to be all right. If the lights don't work and the sound goes out, if we got this, we can worship. We can build. Folks, if we focus on this right here, God will build everything else. Am I right? But we got to build on this love. Come on, just close your eyes this morning with me. And open your hearts and say, Father, teach me. Let me experience. Let me experience this love. Maybe you've known Christ for years. Maybe you've been in ministry. I don't know where you stand in your walk with Christ and your level of maturity. But I guarantee you, none of us has reached the depth of this love until you have truly tasted that cross. I'm talking about you have truly been in that place. Where you were able to love even in spite. To love even your enemies. To love those who persecute you. To love those who speak evil against you. To love them as Christ has loved you. See, this love, this love is, is the strength of your resistance against temptation. This love, when you remember this love, when you're living this love, it's the strength of your joy. It's the strength of your hope. It's the strength of your peace. This is what Paul means when he says, I've been blessed and cursed. I've had everything. I've had nothing. But in all things, I've learned to be content. I've learned to trust that which I've entrusted unto Christ. He is able. He is faithful to keep. See, talking about this love. He needs this, this love. 
This love brings a maturity, a contentment, a peace, a joy that no one can take away. No one can take away. No broken relationship. Nothing can take this love from you. This is what he means with who or what can ever separate us from the love of the Father. Nothing. This love. Come on, tell him this morning, Father, I embrace this love. Make this love my life. Yes, Lord. Tell him this morning, Father, make this love my life. Yes, Lord. Make this love my life. Come on, that's your prayer this morning. I just, I just want you to come, come to the altar and tell him, Lord, whatever love has been, I lay it at the altar this morning. I exchange whatever love I have defined of my faith. I exchange it this morning for your love. And some of you, there's some, there's some things you need to lay down today. There's some hurt you need to let go of today. There's some offense you need to let go of. It's been hard. You've been trying on your own. Listen, but this love helps you let go. This love helps you truly let go. This love lets you truly embrace moving forward. Father, make this love my love. Come on. Right now, right now, right now, we're at the altar together. We are in one accord, one family. We're laying it down. And we're building together. Right now, you're up here this morning. Because you are responding to a love that is foundational to who we are. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, you stand here this morning. Each of you, where you stand at this altar, you are standing on foundation. I have chosen you. You are here to help build. You are here to help build this foundation, says the Lord. And as you build on this foundation, come on, the Lord says, I'm, 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 I'm causing all the things of old to be removed. Come on, this, this love is foundation to your peace, to your love, to your, to your hope, to your future. This love, this love, says the Lord, this love. This love. This love. This love. I remember watching as a young man, watching my father after he had gotten saved out in the backyard on his hands and knees crying out to God. Dad, thank you for teaching me this love. This love. This love is your destiny. Angelica, this love. This love brings forth every gift, every anointing. This love calls forth the anointing. This love leads you. This is the love that chooses what we're going to sing this Sunday. It's this love. This is the love that says, in spite of, of my circumstances, I yet will I praise you, O oh God. This love. This love. This love, O oh God. This is the love that molds you and shapes you.
This is the love that is the strength of marriage in the good and the hard times and that endures all things even unto the end. It is this love that even our vows are placed upon, are founded upon, this love. It is this love that molds you into the man and woman of God that I'm making you right now. This love, God. This is the love that endures when other loves have come and gone through life. Come on, I hear the Lord say there's been many loves come and gone through life. But this love remains. It is the strength of your faith. It shall be that which even your grandsons build their life on. This love. It's this love. This love, says the Lord. To it, God. Build us. That we might live this love. Come on, the Lord says to all of us, there are times that I will call you to demonstrate this love in the most difficult of times. But it's this love that shall be the foundation of your future. This love. Build your identity on this love, says the Lord. You are not defined by the past. You are defined by this love. This love, says the Lord. This love. Don't let the world define it. Don't let anybody else try to define it for you. When you lose sight of it, go back to that cross. Remember, when, it, when there are nights and times that, that, that life hurts, life hurts. Remember this love. Remember this love. Build your character on this love. What you set your hands to do, build it on this love. When you choose to love someone else, build it on this love. On this love, says the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this love. When it's hard, Woody. Amen. Amen. Oh, when it's hard, we love. Amen. 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 We've built on something stronger than brotherly love. Amen. 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 We've built on life of love. A life of love. Yes. Defined by Christ. Amen. Amen. Shall not be broken. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Mm. Lord, strengthen my dad. Hallelujah, Lord. By your great love. Lord, I love my father so much. Love you, dad.
this great love.